Ayo, 80, man. Drop that bomb on him, man. another episode of trials and tribulations to success we got a very special guest you know what i mean this man here is usually behind the scenes you know he's never really seen or heard we got our very special guest we got the producer we got the m80 boom here we bow, go bow, bow. welcome welcome to my welcome to my lovely abode we're doing this off grid because uh i fucked around and fucked up my own footage for my own Shit, so we're being unique here. We're, we're being, being flexible. So now we're at my house doing this. So yeah, welcome y'all. So like I says, this this podcast is designed, you know, what I mean, to give people inspiration, to give people hope, you know, and to let them know that there is there is a, a, a unique blessing at the end of the struggles, you know, you know. And here we have M80. You know, he's been through a lot. You know, he's behind the scenes mixing and matching a lot. You know, what I mean, making some fire fire beats. And you know what I mean? So hopefully, you know, he can shed some light, you know what I mean? And let let let's let you guys know how he did it. You know, cause a lot of stories don't get be able, they don't get get to be told. Right. So, you know, especially with the ones that really are behind the scenes, they really don't get to be told, you know what I mean? Cause they're always moving and grooving, you know. So it's a blessing that we get to get this chance here and get to hear your side of the story, eighty. So like I said, where by starting from the top, where where were you born? Well, I was born in uh, Rochester, New York. Um, yeah, I was born in Rochester, New York. I uh, spent some time in the Bronx, and and I'm here in Buffalo now. So, I got multi city citizenship. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. What was your childhood childhood like growing up? Um, I, I had a pretty good childhood, bro. Um, I'd say for the most part, I wasn't really super troubled. I didn't really give my parents too much trouble. Um, my father was there, but he was, he was in and out, you know what I'm saying? Especially like when, we, when I got to my pre-teens and teens, he wasn't there as much, but I could always find him, you know what I mean? So he wasn't always, he wasn't completely absent or nothing like that. Um, my mother was a loving mother, you know, she did her best for myself and my three siblings. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it though, really, you know what I mean? I mean, I... 
I was I was a little bit of a handful, but I never like really disrespected my mother or nothing like that. So my childhood, well, for the most part, was smooth sailing a little bit. And be that you know, we all have respect for the people that you know bring us into this world, you know. And being a young child, enduring such separation, you know, from your parents, do you think? Yeah, we're not gonna disrespect the mother, but do you think it, it, it shed problems in other parts of your life? You know, with um, growing up in a single parent at home. <laughs> Yo, so that's real deep for me, honestly. Um, all right, so when I was 18, I find I found out that my father, the person that I call dad, isn't my dad. Mm. So that's why I have so so much respect for him, and he's always gonna be my father. You know what I mean? So my dad is my dad, but I found out when I was 18, he wasn't my father by blood. Mm. So I give him the utmost respect. Like, he came in my mother's life when I think I was, like, a year old. And I was his son from then, you know what I mean? But um, seeing, you know, my parents split, you know what I'm saying? Or my father being just in and out the house, running the streets, being in the streets, whatever. You know, yeah, it did wear down a little bit because there's times that I needed a man figure for certain questions or guidance and stuff like that. I come from a small family already, so, you know I mean? I never really had anyone to ask advice to growing up. So, yeah, yeah. That definitely did, and, uh, yeah, so that, to answer that. You know, I, when I heard that, I could relate that. You know I mean? My mother, she was a, a, she busted a rear end, you know, to make sure that the kids were good, you know what I mean? Spent very little time with us, you know what I mean? Because she had to make those ends meet, you know what I mean? Put food on the table. I mean, so when I heard that, it caught me, you know what I mean? But, you know, like I said, we're here today, you know what I mean? We can't hold no feelings, negative or positive, you know, we have to accept it for what it is, what? you know? So let's take a little dive into your music, you know? You're very diverse in, in, in everything. You mix, you rap, you <laughs> you connect the dots very well, you know? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's elaborate on that a little bit here. Well, I like to say that I'm a quadruple threat. Mm. That's my hashtag on Instagram for y'all. So look it up. Hashtag quadruple threat. I produce, I DJ, I engineer, and I rap. Well, actually, I do more now because now I'm doing the videos and the podcast. So now I shoot videos. I don't know. I'm like, I like, kind of like to do everything. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Aside from even the music, like outside of that, like I like to cook. I like, I cut my own hair. I like to do that. Cut my brother's hair. I like to work on cars once in a while. So those, I guess those things are my hobbies with the music and the things that surround that is like really my like strong passion and career. So um what what exactly did you want to elaborate on when it comes to that? What does make what does music what does music make you feel like when you when you touch into it? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people, you know I mean, have their own thing, whether it's roofing or mechanics or you know what I mean, yours just has to be music, you know what I mean? So what is it what is it what does it send through your body when you go? It's the ultimate rapport uh, for me, intrinsically, me and music. Um, I could have the worst day in the world and go over to that beat machine and make a beat and I'm fine in 20 minutes, like nothing ever happened. Or I could go through an ongoing, crazy, rough situation and write about it and I won't get over it until I write about it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got a song... Uh, that I released a couple years ago explaining my crazy marriage that I went through. And, uh, you know, not to put you, you know, I'm just one of those people that I'm an open book. Mm. So, you know, however, whatever happened with us, happened with us. And then, uh, you know, obviously we're in a day, day and age of uh, internet and Facebook and all that other shit. So you, everyone gets their own perspective. And I just kept my tongue 
sign it for six months, and then I put the song out explaining everything in detail. So it's called Mary. Check that out on YouTube. But that is an example. Like, you know, I, I get over my problems by writing, making a beat. Uh, when I touch the stage, bro, it's like no other, you know what I mean? Whether it's 50 people or fucking 30,000 people, I've, I've been in front of all, you know what I mean? And, and just even touching the stage, period. Or even when I go out and DJ with Montana Pete, shout out Montana Pete, you know what I mean? Um, it just takes me over, you know what I mean? It's like it's like a pacifier. Mm. Yeah, we all have our unique, uh, our unique drive, you know? Uh, you know, so like I said, you said, you mentioned growing up, you know what I mean? You were in multi-different cities and you know what I mean? Do you believe your networking, you know what I mean, was a strong basis from you bouncing from city to city like that? You think that was, you know what I mean, uh, one of your key components to your life? Networking, not only in, in the music business, but networking in life and any expertise that you are in is optimal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of weird how it works though in the music business because throughout those cities, you know what I'm saying? Every time I met someone new and wanted to work with them, like if I wanted to work with them, or if they were meeting me and they wanted to work with me, every time you get in a new circle, you have to prove yourself all over again. Mm -hmm. So it's repetitively. So like I meet you, you know, I kind of did the first show and I had to prove that I could handle that, right? Yeah. So then... You know, that's just an example. So imagine, like, every time you meet somebody, they want to know what you do. They want to see you do it. They prove they are. Hey, I'm the best. You know, or I can do this. Or, you know what I mean? So that's the downside of the networking. But the networking is optimal. You have to get out there. You have to show your craft. You got to promote yourself. You got to shake hands with, with like-minded and like uh, business venture people, even outside of the venture that you're in, to, you know, get ahead in your career. You yeah. know what I mean? It's very important to network, shake hands, and shit, collaborate. You know what I mean? Collaborate. Even if you don't exchange products, help each other out, collaborate, promote each other. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Something like what we do. Yeah. It's pretty dope. How we, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like I said, you know, I, I sit here and look at your walls, you know what I mean? You got some, some very powerful things on there. You know what I mean? You got your, your womb tang forever. Let's touch a little basis on that because I know you got a really strong group basis with them. You know, that's a very infamous group. You know what I mean? That two two different parts of the cities, you know what I mean, where they combined and, you know what I mean? That's just a very unique group within itself yeah. from their abilities of what they've overcome. So let's touch bases with your little affiliation with the Wu. Word. So, yeah, I'm, with, I'm Wu family affiliated um, through Tripe Diesel. Uh, shouts out Tripe Diesel. That's big bro. Um, through Tripe Diesel, TMF slash Theodore unit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Ghostface, protege, right-hand man. Um, and I'm also affiliated through Knife Prince for Killer Army, shout out. Knife Prince, um, the Killer Army, Rizzo's brother. You okay. know what I'm saying? So leader of Wolf's brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's what ties me in. Um, did, <laughs> how did, how <laughs> did that happen, man? <laughs> yeah, like, yo, I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> That's the biscuit and the bones, All right, you know? Super, super. Let's see if I can shorten this. Man. <laughs> no, let's, let's hear it, man. Every time I explain it, it'd be like four hours later. <laughs> <laughs> One hour later. <laughs> so, yo. All right, so, bam. When I was in my ventures and I was in New York City, I you know, I was I stayed in New York City for a very short time. I was producing for G-Depp from Bad Boy. 
special delivery. Free, you want that? Yeah. That's my big bro. Uh, free G Depp, free G Depp, free G Depp. Straight up like that. He's going for clemency right now. We could get back to that. But uh, I stayed down there for a couple months, um, you know, to get my bones, you know what I mean? Shake some hands, get some networking going, because I was DJing for him, engineering for him, and all of that. And he was on his uprise back again. Um, our manager, him and I, were supposed to go to Diddy in uh, Fabulous's pool party in Atlantic City. Okay. That really wasn't like a spotlight kind of guy. He's mad, cool, down to earth, shy, give you a shirt off his back. He wasn't really like the go out party and celebrate type guy. You know what I'm saying? Even when he was popping, popping with Diddy and all that, he used to just like walk through the crowd, not being VIP or put random hundred dollar bills in payphone slots, shit like that. Mm. He's a real humble, dope guy. But uh, so you know, Depp didn't want to go that night. So me and my manager Kwame, manager at the time Kwame, shout out Kwame, uh, we drove down to Atlantic City. Now I was 23 at this time. Wow. So, this is my first time going to Atlantic City anyway. You know what I mean? Kwame had the, the Dodge and Trekker and shit. So we pull up. You know, there's fucking Porsches, there's Ferraris, there's fucking Lambos, and I'm a car guy, so I'm looking at this shit like, drooling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Word. This is what I'm talking. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's, that inspired me. That's probably nice. one of the things that fucking set it off. Like, yo, I could really have this. You know what I mean? So, Walking in, it just gave me a little edge of confidence. Like, shit, yeah. we about to do something tonight. And every time we went on any kind of thing, and this is why networking is very important. Anytime we went on any adventure, you know, me, manager, G-Deck, whatever, I always had my laptop and beat CDs on me all the time. So, you know, I was 23, that was 2010. About to be 2010, 13, whatever. I was 23 then. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we go into the pool party. Uh, I got short time because it's a pool party at the Harris Casino in Atlantic City. And we get to the door and the guard's like, you can't come in with shorts. And I'm like, what do you mean? It's a pool party. Why can't I come in with shorts? He's like, you got to come in with jeans and then we'll give you a key to the locker and then you change into your shorts. I'm like, doesn't make sense, but okay. So I look at the manager, I'm like, fuck, we just drove like two hours to get down here. I'm all hyped up. I'm seeing the Lambos. And, and I'm like, yo, what about that gift shop over there? You think they got them? So in the hall of the casino, there's, you know, they got a gift shop. And I was forced to pay $80 for a pair of jeans. Cutter and Bucks, they were called. I'll never forget. They're like Kmart Wrangler jeans, like. But they got you in that party. Jeans, yo, the motherfuckers <laughs> got me in the party. This was before skinny jeans was fucking in style. Oh, I man. had the tight nut huggers on. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I had the nut huggers on. So I bought the jeans, and I think I probably had like $40 left to my name to grab a drink or something. You know what I mean? We go in. I get in the joint, obviously. I, I do the whole thing, change and all that. So when you walk in, there's a giant pool in the middle of the joint. There's mad people. Neon lights, music's going crazy. It's just some exclusive fucking club shit that you would see in a movie. Like, that's how nightclubs are supposed to look. You know what yeah. I mean? Really, that shit. So, you know, we're walking around the pool because that's where, like, you walk. And, I, you know, I, I've never been starstruck in my life, but this is probably one of the, the closest times. So we're walking, and I just, like, it was, like, in slow motion. I look up, and it's, like, lit up in purple and blue hue light. 
and and just like sheer white fucking drapes and a whole throne. Motherfucking ghost faces sitting on like on the throne part. You know, a whole VIP section up though. Yeah, you know what the man? boys is nice too. Oh yeah, bro. Raekwon was there. Uh, Ghostface was there. I don't know if Meth was there. I don't remember that. Capadonna was there. K Woods, which is Raekwon's brother, was there. Trife Diesel was there. So I walk up. Like I said, it was like, look up. It's like the gods are in the sky type shit. Like, yeah. like, like Julius Caesar and shit, looking down on the people. <laughs> so humbly, I'm like, yo. I walk up, and uh, I think... K was the first person I talked to. I'm like, look, I know. K. Yeah, shout out to K, you know what I mean? That's the goal right there. The goal. I, I walk up, Ice Water H2O, you know what I mean? Water team, wow. So I, I walk up, and uh, I look at K. I'm like, yo, I know we ain't even in the scene. I'm a kid. I'm 23. I brought beat tapes. I just want to hand you a beat tape. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? See if I can grab your email. We can network out of this, you know what I mean? And that was hard for me to, like... Must not no fucking well for one for that yeah but for two being a twenty three year old watching your idols right like ten feet legends. away from you you know idols and legends ten feet away from me like I had every Wu Tang CD growing up you know what I'm saying yeah. like I used to you know the CDs you know your Walkman and all that I used to go to English class I had a stack like this twenty eight different Wu Tang CDs every you know what I mean? yeah everywhere I went the whole day I had the whole stack with me but yeah my boys so, was pumping up. Song after song So many albums, bro. And sub genres of Wu Tang and affiliates and it's they put a lot of people on. You know what I'm saying? But so Kay uh looked at me, he nodded, he came down, uh like there was like a little platform between us. He came down, he gave me his business card. It's crazy. I was cleaning up my uh closet the other day and I found it. Most? Yeah, I still got it from that long ago, bro. Like I keep shit like that. That's that's like the <laughs> right there, bro. Oh, shit. Yeah, it's very, very sensitive. Hold on a second. There's always something going on, right? It's okay. Always something going on. Yeah, welcome, welcome. This is the, the, the joint that I DJ with and abuse. So, yeah, I had to plug that in. Anyway, <laughs> so Kay comes down. I give him my beat tape. He gives me his business card. And then he has Tripe come up to me. Mm. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? In my head, I'm like, Tripe, these are You know, back then he went to... Uh, he was going by Tripe to God. Now he's Tripe Diesel. Uh, so Tripe comes up to me. I give Tripe my beat tape. And, uh, you know, actually, if I, could, if I could find it, maybe we can cut to that and check it out. All right. Just in case. Cut to All right. So, yeah. Tripe gave me his, uh, his email address. Uh, he took a beat tape, and I also sent him some more beats. And uh, we went back and forth literally for, like, Two years, and then finally, out the blue, he sent me two of my beats recorded on, and I lost it. I'm like, damn, so I'm like 25 now. Like, yo, this nigga Trey recorded on my shit, uh-uh. And it took all of that, and two years. Some things, you know, in life, man, you can manifest them, and that doesn't mean that it's going to happen right then and there. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could You could wish it with all your might and hope. Like, if it's not meant to be right then and there, it's not. So... I'm glad that we kept that relationship two years later. I got that, you know what I mean? And then he kind of was doing his own thing for a couple of years, but I always kept in contact. Holidays, I text him, check up on him. Not even just holidays, like, you know, at least once a month, I text him, check up on him, call him, or email him. Either way, I could get a hold of him because uh, it was genuine, our, our experience, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And 
2017, he hits me and he's like, yo, I want you to, because, you know, we, we ended up releasing those singles and all that throughout the years, those singles I did. And he hit me randomly. He's like, yo, I'm, you know, my mix, my album, I want to get it mixed correctly. It doesn't sound right. Mm. Can you mix a track? Now, I'm going to test you. I'm going to send this one track, and if you kill that mix, I'm going to need you to do the whole album. So the first track he sent me was Pyrex Dreams, him and Method Man. Mm. Now, wait, was the first one he sent you? That's the first one he sent to me for the album to mix. And this is, at that point, 2018, 2010, that's eight years later. You know what I'm saying? He's like, yo, I'm going to send you the Method Man track. I want you to mix that shit. If you kill it, then I want you to do the whole album. I want you to mix the whole album. Now, this is, mind you, he went like on a four-year break for music, but we were still talking to each other here and there, you know what I mean? So this is just like, ugh. I'm like, wow. I sat there, I spent like five hours on Method Man verse alone because it's like, it's got to be perfect, you know what I mean? It's meth here, this shit, then it's rap. <laughs> so I don't want to ramble, but I'll end this story. So, uh... I did that album, which uh, track is called Pi uh, Project Pope 2. It was Project Pope 2. Uh, and then, shit, before the album even released, like two months after we finished it, he's like, yo, let's go on tour. We're going on tour. He said, hey, yo, would you come on tour for me? They booked my flight. I flew out to the Midwest, and then we hit every region over there in the Midwest. And me and him since then, like being with each other that close, like that, we just, man, he's a family member, bro. That's my big brother, bro. They're like, not the, you know, we're not that much difference of older, but he gives me a lot of knowledge, you know what I'm saying? He gives me, again, like I said, I, I never had no one to look up to him really and get advice from growing yeah. up. So it, I, I treat, you know, I look at him as like a big brother because he always gives me good advice usually. So went on tour, bro, and then we did the 780 album completely produced by me, engineered, mixed, mastered by me. I was rapping on the shit and all that. And like I said, we're just like this. So he's... He's the main tie, you know what I'm saying? Me and me and Knife is cool too. Me and Knife met through the road manager of that tour, mm. so it was like a chain reaction thing, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's how I got Wu Tang ties on. <laughs> so we're about at 25 years into your life now, and you've mentioned, you know, what I mean, I wouldn't even say it was success, you know what I mean? I would say that they're they're more goals, so goals you know what I mean? They're 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 accomplishments, very strong accomplishments. Because at 25 years old, you know what I mean? You don't... I mean, I don't really recall a, a straight... This is success, you know what I mean? Because that's well, that's awfully early at that to... age? Well, oh, well, yeah, doing all that. But then when it finally all came together, I was... 2018 is... What is it now? 2022 is so four years old. So I was 30, 32 by the time... So everything you played... So yeah. from, tw from 23 all the way to that. You know, it took me 10 years to culminate that Wu-Tang tie. So now, what would you, you know what I mean, in the meantime, you know what I mean, what, what can you share with us, you know what I mean, that keep kept you going, you know what I mean, in this field? Because, like I said, that's years later. What what, what, what kept you driving? <laughs> All right, so I won't go into great, great, great detail. But remember how I said when I was younger, uh, you know, I didn't really give my parents a, a, a too much of a hard time. I was a little bit of a knucklehead growing up, crazy-tempered. Uh, all of that stemmed from me being bullied growing up, talking different. Uh, I was a little overweight. And, and I say talking different because I was raised by my Italian side. I'm black and Italian. 
I, I don't even know my black side. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's crazy. So I, I talked a little more proper growing up. You know what I mean? And I was a little bit ahead of my peers in, in school. Smart. You know what I'm saying? So I, I got bullied a lot. And by the time I was 13, I, I started lifting weights and playing football. And I had it with that. And I started getting all fresh. You know what I mean? And, and, and all handsome and shit and the, the chicks was starting to look at me and people stopped teasing me and then I, I started to, you know, learn who I was, you know what I'm saying? And I just didn't take no bullshit from nobody after that, you know what I mean? It was a long journey to get to that, to have self-confidence, you know what I'm saying? So I ran around in my teens a lot of the time, just bugging, fighting, Gangs had you know little little gangs set like just really bugging bro you know what I mean nowadays the shit I was doing back then I would be a dead goose <laughs> if I was that age nowadays man I put it like that so eventually all of that shit landed me in jail um luckily I I I didn't get any felonies from the shit that I did but you know assaults and fucking disorderly conducts and violating orders of protection and destroying property and <laughs> I got a couple class A's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh I ended up having to do a year in jail. I, I didn't have to. I decided to take that route, the jail over the probation, because I wanted to reset my life. I knew I was going down a bad path, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, if I sit down, I could get rid of all of the people that are in my circle that are contributing to this shit. So so to me bugging. So you did that, and you 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 went to the incarceration for a benefit, or did you let's let's revisit it? Did you go to the incarceration because obviously you say you did it by choice because mm -hmm. you could have got out of probation. So did you do it by choice, or did you do it at the time for image for imagery? Like you know what I mean? Oh, I'm going to jail. I'm 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 because I'm, you know people go to jail and they they're tough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So what did you do? You know what I mean? Did you do it for that or? I was, Did you do really? I was I was 19 when I went to jail. So okay. I, like I said, I, I was a tough guy. I was just, I took no shit from nobody. So I just really bugging out, bro. I didn't, okay. I didn't really do it, for, you know, go to jail for imagery. I just was bugging out. Like, really needed that time to someone evaluate. Someone was talking shit. I put my hands on them. There ain't no, you know, I couldn't control myself then. I'm so like, that time oh, was really needed. That time was needed. And I knew that when I was, you know, facing the judge. I, I knew that. So I had the choice. I do the one year in jail or I do the three years probation. I said, mm -hmm. let me take the one year. That'll give me a chance to reflect, get rid of people that I don't need, get rid of fake people, uh, get my mind and body right. And then when I get out, whatever, I didn't think about what I'll be doing when I get out. But while I was in there, um, that's exactly what I did. I focused on music. I was beatboxing for Bang Bang Noodles and shit. Mm. Got my GED and took anger management classes and shit like that. You know what I mean? So that was, again, that was a really, that was one of the most positive things I, I want to say is it's fucked up as it sounds. Just like uh, Mighty said, you know what I mean? That jail and hip hop saved my life. I'll put it like that. Mm. Jail and hip hop. That path I was going down, I was not going to be <laughs> going anywhere crazy. So when I got out of jail, so to go back to that question, I made a promise with myself uh, that I was just going to put my all into my music. Uh, finally, when I was getting closer to the stage, just getting out of jail, when I was weeks away from them, like, oh, bro, when I get out, fuck all the other shit, I'm focusing on the music, and that's that. So that's the main thing that pushed me. 
and I had my first daughter when I was 19. So, you know, then that became a driving force as well. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, my children. So, I guess it's, it's, it's unique. You know what I mean? The, the world that we live in now, you know, one can only just hope, you know, that these kids, these kids get out of this, this, this clutch error of, of, Pride and ego, you know what I mean? Because like I says, it takes it takes a lot to do what you did. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that these kids is not strong enough nowadays, but a lot of people's prides and egos get in the way, you know. So it's just you know, just just a little food for thought, kids. You know what I mean? Reality checks are must. Yeah, because like I says, when you get get sent away and you get that time to sit there by yourself, that's when you really start focusing. You realize, you know, who your friends are really are, you know. So like I says, people. Mm. Besides, besides the music stuff now. just gave me a bar. Reality checks left from animus threats. <laughs> Don't take my shit. I'm putting that aside. I'm going to have to block that one out. I'm talking to the people. Don't take that shit. Reality checks left from animus threats. Oh, bro. But yeah, no, you're right though, bro. Like, that, that is really important though. Now, nowadays though, the ego and the pride and society itself, uh, they praise that shit. Yeah. And we grew up around the tough guys. We were the tough guys growing up. You know, again, that's why it landed me where it landed me. But nowadays, these kids is fucking, whew. I just, my people's post. We need more Facebook positive. The other day, saw a 13-year-old shot somebody. Like, what movie was that where they were like, how is it when drug dealers they say to walk the street? <laughs> you know what's crazy? We got crazy. all these we got all these, these uh these legendary people, you know what I mean? K Woods, yeah. his, his whole K Woods Foundation, you know, they're doing amazing things, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, that's where people need to collab, you know what I mean, with people that are doing positive things for the community, you know what I mean? And showing that this youth it does not need to tend to violence, you know what I mean? We got so much opportunities and everything. We cutting our we cutting the kids' life short, you know what I mean? By not right. even not even giving the opportunities. So Right. You know what I mean? This this episode is not for the kids, but that's just a little message, you know. So right. Well, since I've met you, you've been one of the most humblest persons, you know what I mean? You got a resume that speaks of no other, you know what I mean? Like I says, I in the music industry, I have yet to see somebody come up with a with a resume like you. You know what I mean? How does that make you feel? You know what I mean? With you being such a humble person and and all the success that you have had. My resume, um, that really just speaks my experiences, and with that, it's it's like I feel accomplished, but I'm not. And people would look at me as accomplished, but I'm not where I want to be yet. I have big ideas, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, just and 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 again, all of those accomplishments, people I've produced for, people I've, I've I'm affiliated with, people I I'm able to call on the phone or hop on a stage with, or even earn from from this, and it's a blessing to be able to earn from something that I wanted my entire life. You know what I mean? I stopped working when I was 27 and completely devoted myself to this. You know what I'm saying? The recording studios. And I invested everything I've earned into this shit, bro. Time, money, being away from my kids, missing birthday parties, missing holidays from my family, 
you know, all kind of shit. And uh, when I look at that, I, I, I just think about the journey that it's been and I'm going in the right direction. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I just, there's a couple of things I got to tweak to get there, but I'm not where I want to be yet. But it keeps me humble. That's what keeps me humble, just to know that I was able to accomplish seeds that I set years ago. You know what I mean? And that that's what keeps me down, man. Like material shit and money and all that shit that doesn't that doesn't change. I like to meet new artists, even younger or even my age, you know, peers. I'm 36. I just like to 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 improve someone's life, even if it's just through their music, because I know how much my shit means to me. So if I'm recording somebody, they come through, I treat them as if I would treat one of my A-list clients. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go hard. I'm going to coach you. I'm going to tell you, nah, your shit don't sound right. That don't sound right. Say it like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they, they can leave achieved and feel achieved or maybe learn something. You know what I mean? I always am going to drop some gems in my in, in, in that. You know what I'm saying? And that's what keeps me down and grounded and humble right there. Mm. Like I says, people, Networking, continue to drive, don't give up, set your goals, you know what I mean? That comes a lot with, with a lot of discipline, a lot, a lot, a lot of discipline, you know? Yeah. Success does not just happen overnight. And like you said, you heard this gentleman, he's not he's not where he wants to be yet. You know what I mean? So so we don't stop until we have to get until we get there. So bouncing back to the humble thing too. I, I, I think I told you this story before, but I want to tell the, the you know the people. So, I, you know, let me see. I'm going to do this as quick as I can. So at nine, I started this. My mother bought me a karaoke machine. That's what sparked me to want to do this. Christmas, Christmas at nine. No, but karaoke machine, because you had the microphone, because back then we didn't have all this good shit. Yeah. But we couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? At least now it's, you know, you can get it, but. She bought me the karaoke machine and then, you know, I would put beat tapes on it and I would rap and that shit record myself off it. Or, yo, 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 pretend I was a DJ, you know what I'm saying? So, that's what sparked all of it. I'm not going to go through the whole situation. Uh, when I was nine, started, you know, to want to DJ, played my music in freaking field next to my aunt's house to the police. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I was 13, I joined a group called Follow Minds. Shout out J.D. Riggs. Empty Beast, Rest in Peace, uh, Peace, Bruce Dash, and Mike Dungey, we formed a group. Uh, we did that. By the time I was 15, we done performed in a, in a nightclub and okay. hit a real studio. So all of that, like, this is, I'm 36 now, bro, so that's 25 years of doing this shit. Mm. And from, like I said, 23, that's when I was with G-Dep. So 23 to 36, straight industry. Big, big leagues industry. So I've been busting my ass, you know what I mean? But what I really want to say is never stop, yo. Never stop. You're going to go through hills and valleys. There's going to be mad people that that, that don't fucking uh, believe in you or you're going to feel like no one believes in you. There's going to be people that call this shit a hobby because you're not making enough money from it. There's going to be all kinds of hatred and competitions. Just be in competition with yourself. Make yourself better. And, and that's what's going to make it pop. Mm. Um, the humble thing is what I was saying. When I was 18, no, 23, 22, 22. So when I was 22, I said, look, 
This is how close. I got this shit tatted on my head. Be a gentleman. You can't even see it because I ain't cut my shit. <laughs> but it goes back to this. You never know where you're going to get in life by doing something as simply as holding a door open for somebody. All right? So when I was 22, I recorded a commercial for a local entertainment company. They were bringing Tank and Genuine to Rochester. Uh, obviously, I had backstage and all of that. So I'm out there. I go to the concert. I go to the side of the building. I'm smoking a cigarette or a black and mild, one or the other. And uh, this kid with this this uh, Midwest accent comes up to me. He's like, yo, I know Tank personally, dog, please. I just drove here all the way from Ohio because I knew about the show just so I could, excuse me, get back with Tank because Tank lives in L.A. or some shit. So this was a good reason to get, you know. He's begging me, he's begging me. And I saw the look in his eyes and I've been him. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've been him my whole life. I've been sneaking up the tour buses and when, when shows come, hanging out, you know, to pass off a beat tape. And, you know, I've been that kid. So I let him in. And I'm like, all right, come on. Now, that probably was a huge safety protocol. I did think about that, but I also thought about how positive it made me feel that he wasn't there to do harm. Yeah. So as soon as I brought him in the building, Tank runs up to him gives him a big hug, throws him up in the air, they're laughing and all this other shit. I'm like, yo, so he wasn't lying. Like, I went with my gut, and, oh, we lit now. <laughs> so, he does that. Um, skipping through it, you know, it was a couple years ago. All right, da 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 All right, so by the end of the night, I invite him to my studio. I had a pretty famous studio on Main Street in Rochester. I recorded, like, all the local guys there. And it was two blocks away from the armory. I'm like, yo, pull up. Let's record real quick before you go back to Ohio. He comes through. We end up doing like five tracks that night, bro. I make the beats right on the spot. He wrote right on the spot. And then uh, I'm like, yo, so like, when you coming back? And he's like, well, shit, I ain't leaving. I met a girl. I'm staying. <laughs> no, I'm like, yo, shit. So I'm trying to shorten this as possible, as, I, as, as quick as possible as I can. His name is Metaphors. So shout out Metaphors. From Columbus, Ohio. That's my boy. Short fuse for life is tatted. You know what I'm saying? A couple weeks later, he's like, I ain't tell you, but I'm on MTV's One World Hip Hop Championship battling for a million. I'm like, oh, shit. And he's like, yo, I got to run to Cali. So he does that. You know, I'm still by his side. I'm sending him beats while he's on the road. He makes it almost to the finals before they cancel the show. Actually, he did make it to the final round. They canceled the show in the middle. Mm. It was crazy. They, they fucked you on that. but <laughs> So... Quickly to find out, G Dep is on the show. Shit. Yep, G Dep's on the show, and this is my last ramble. <laughs> G Dep's on the show, and uh, you know, again, growing up, I looked up to G Dep, and uh, I was a big fan of Bad Boy and all of that. I'm like, well, damn, this could be my chance. I'm like, yo, Meta, put me on with G Dep, you know, let him know I make beats, I DJ, engineer, all this other shit. But more importantly, let him know that you know, ask him how much he's gonna charge me to come to my birthday party. Like I said, when I do shit, I like think way bigger than me. Yeah. I'll spend my last penny just to make it happen because that's what I want so bad. You know yeah. what I mean? So I freaking rented the Club Out Club Liquid. Shout out to Montanaries. Uh, I, I rented out Club Liquid. I had two stretch Escalades, one black, one white. Fucking G-Dep. Had G-Dep come to town, perform. Brought him to the studio. It was a rap after I brought him to the studio. Brought him to the studio. We did two tracks that night, and then he's like, yo, you got to come to the city. I need a DJ. I need, I need to be around your energy. 
Because I'm open the mall shit again. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's when I moved down there. But long right. story short, you never know holding the door open for somebody. Would do it. That yeah, is what you. got me in the door. Mm. Not all of the grinding before that, something just believing in somebody that I saw in myself. I held the door open for this kid. He puts me on with G-Dep. And because of G-Dep, I go down to the city. I rub all these other shoulders and, and, and meet all these other people behind it. And I was in the city because of G-Dep. That's how I got affiliated with Wu-Tang. All of that. All of that happened from opening a door and letting someone in. So, be humble, y'all. <laughs> like it says, through all this, you didn't just chase his dream without nothing. So... No. Who's who's your hero? Who's your you know I mean you got an icon that you look up to? <laughs> I mean, if it's a couple, you know what I mean. You gotta do. You just don't keep chasing. Just keep chasing. You know I mean, you say, "Oh, listen, this person has inspired me, and I want to go." Now, who are, who are those people then? Obviously, the entire Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. The, uh, um. DJ Wise, DJ Premier, which he's also a producer. Uh, shouts out DJ Premier. Oh man, I crazy story about that too. DJ Premier, um, DJ Green Lantern is a big, believe it or not, is a big influence on me. Green Lantern's originally from Rochester, but he's like was the mixtape king, bro. To me, the best mixtape DJ in the '90s and 2000s, bro. Mm -hmm. DJ Green Lantern, Team Invasion. Shouts out to y'all. You know all my guys over there. I met all y'all. Um, but, you know, he's originally from Rochester, but he ended up being Eminem's DJ, Jadakiss DJ, Jay-Z's DJ, Nas. Like, he DJ for all the greats, mm. you know what I'm saying? And his mixtapes was the best. But um, that's someone who I looked up to uh, on the DJ side, and he produces as well. Um, Timberland. That is somebody that's I... The, no, no, Timberland. Oh, oh, oh. That's somebody I studied growing up. Mm. So, like, I used to buy any CD that was affiliated with Timberland. So, all the Missy CDs, all the obviously Timberland, Magoo, Genuine, Aaliyah, all of those shits, Player, all anything that had a Timberland beat on it, even if it was one beat, I would go out and buy that CD just so I could study the structure of the beats and the sounds he used. Mm. I still make those type joints once in a while, too. Get a little touch I got, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you'll hear my influences through my shit, because one day I'll, say, I'll sound like DJ Premier, one day I'll sound like Timberland, one day I'll sound like everybody together, you know what I mean? So, yeah, those were really my, uh, those were like my big influences right there. Uh, my, my godfather, John Paola, rest in peace, uh, on my Italian side, like I said, he was like, the coolest dude, like my boss kind of guy, you know. I mean, flashy, he had money, he kept kept freaking knots of money in his tube sock and his pants. <laughs> had fucking the 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 Firebird and shit. Yo, bro, the dopest cars, the dopest shit. He and every time he picked me up, he'd have two women with him. Like he just, yo, I looked up to him so much. He he had like six detail shops on Lyle Avenue in Rochester, um, and I looked up to him so much because he was a hustler. So that's really something that probably, I probably got some of that from him, my hustling ways, you know what I mean? Just the will to want to go get it, you know what I mean? Not, yeah. not even talking I know illegal shit, just anything I could do to make some bread and and take care of my people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so I, look, I looked up to him, bro. I really looked up to him. That, that's, that's, 
really, yeah. <laughs> I named my album after him. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. That's a big dedication. Word. That's a big dedication. So, like I said, we like to end this 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 podcast with a very, very unique question. <laughs> and think what I gathered from this whole this whole this whole episode here, you know, is you're a very unique individual. Thank you. So let me see. Does it matter the impression that you leave on today's visible world? So the impression that you leave on today's world, how does that, what what would it be? What did you want to be looked at as like? Like if I were and knock on wood, like yeah, I don't even want to say that because okay, every okay. time, no, I'm gonna answer this, but I'm just the the example I would say knock on wood, but you know, if I were to <coughs> tomorrow, I ain't gonna say the word. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? but um, I just want people to remember how down to earth I was mm. and how I I just wanted to see everybody succeed. That's been my downfall in life. I, I was the tough guy growing up. I went to jail. I became a softie. <laughs> mm. I became an empath. I wanted to see people get ahead because that jail shit is whack and struggling and, 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 and getting caught up in the streets is whack and all of that shit is whack. I just want to see everybody get ahead. I want to see everybody conquer their dreams and whatever it is or get to their levels. And uh, I want to be remembered as that. Like, yo, shit. 80 helped me with my album. 80 taught me something. I like to know that I'm able to teach somebody something because I was I was never taught so, nothing. I, all this shit that I do, I taught myself all this shit. And you continue to For teach. For 90% of it, I would say. You, you know continue what I mean? to learn, too. I mean, yeah, I, I still learn something every day, you know what I mean? So um, I, I want to be remembered as that dude that just, yeah, I've done shit, but I'm not an asshole. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I welcome people with open arms, so... I'm humble, down to earth. I'm a good father. Um, and that's it. I just want to be remembered as a good dude. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> and a good dude you are, you know what I mean? Since I've known you, you know what I mean? Nothing but, you know what I mean? Greatness, you know? You just keep going, keep going, and we keep going as a team, you know what I mean? Right. This has been a unique unique episode, bro. I'm glad, you know what I mean? This was more, you know what I mean? Absolutely. People. Like I said, this was something different, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? So maybe we can, you know, expect... Travel, uh, travel, travel episodes coming up. You know, all of our episodes. You know, they usually drop. They usually drop uh, Tuesday at uh, nine. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes technical difficulties come into effect. You know, what I mean, like so we gotta roll with the punches. Like the guy that's putting them together, his own show gets fucked up. <laughs> but hey, listen, man, we just gotta roll. With the I punches. like this right here. Yeah, the show must go on. That's, that's it. That's no matter what, you know what I mean. Day late, dollar short, it does not matter. It still has to go on. It's There's still people on. that want to see it, that need the encouragement, that, you know what I mean, that need that uplifting, you know? So Word. that's the whole, the whole purpose behind this. Yo, what if you did do a segment? What if what if you did do a segment, right? You still got you still got the, the limo bus, the party bus, mm-hmm. right? Put it to use. Get a rap and all that, right? And call it the pull-up. So we have the whole shit in there. They come in there for their interview, but we pull up on them. And we'll nice. see you next week on the pull up. You know what I'm saying? On the pull up. Oh, yo. I did. Don't take, don't take that. We're actually That's going to be cut off. We're talking business. <laughs> yo. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. wait, 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 wait.
Where's your platform? Where's your platform? Where did people reach you at? Um, everywhere online. Uh, at M eighty the producer, all properly spelled. M eight zero T H E P R O D U C E R. It's been a long day. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I actually just realized I have to renew my domain for my website, but that'll be back up and running, and that's m8bomb.com or djm80 on Facebook. Okay. And, uh, yeah, check out TTS, Trials, Tribulations to Success, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. And and, and upcoming Shaq events, you know what I'm saying? And with that being said, <laughs> stay tuned, people. We got a lot more, you know what I mean, episodes coming. Stay tuned. <laughs> peace, peace, peace. <laughs>